Although tattoos have always been thought by some to represent the barbaric mark of Cain, branded on the flesh of criminals, condemned prisoners, outcasts, drunken sailors, ruffians, and other riffraff, they have also served as a potent religious symbol since civilization began. Indeed, rather than sealing a pact with the devil, many tattoos signify an alliance with the divine. John Stevens, Tattooed Buddha, Yoga Journal, March, April, 1992. All right, so welcome to episode four. Episode four, here we go. Very exciting. We just got back from the Philadelphia Tattoo Arts Convention, which was a, a very good time. Got to work around a bunch of cool people, see lots of really amazing decorated folk. It's always inspiring to be around. I We all know I, I enjoy it for that, and I also enjoy it for the gastronomical uh, distractions that takes place there's at the Reading Market. Yeah, there's a lot of good things. in Philly, yeah. Good architecture. Animal behavior. I'm eating, I'm looking at other people, and I'm collecting art. There all of go. those things are important. All the fun stuff. Yeah. So today we're going to go on a bit of a journey. Um, it's not prepared conversation. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk a little bit loosely because this is how we got to where we got to. I mean, a lot of it is research, especially on T's part and mapping out what we're going to do. But when we talk about these ideas, this is just kind of how we do it. We wanted to talk about these ideas, but we kind of also needed to give people kind of an outline of how we're approaching this and how we arrived here. Terminology, ideas, concepts, scientific things that I love. Absolutely. And those are necessary for this discussion, but what's also is this position that we take it from is not just, you know, we didn't start off as blank slates and we're just given this information and say, here, go live your life. We arrived at this conclusion through abstract means, through life experience, through personal experience. Yeah, absolutely. So based on our three previous episodes and all that we have discussed, why does it matter? That's really the thing. Like, why does all of that impact how we choose to decorate ourselves today? And... I think the fact that we've laid out that it's, it's not it's not a fad, it, that that we've I think, your research and what we've presented kind of strongly demonstrates this isn't a fad. It's always been going on, even when it's not supposed to be going on. It's always going on. So we eliminate the fad. We eliminate <clears throat> that it's a cultural thing, because almost every culture on earth does this. It modifies the body. We all do it. We yep. all modify the body. Every group of people does this. So it's not, you can't say it's pop culture. It was going on before this, you know. It's been going on forever. So we know that we have a leaning towards it. We evolved to do it. Yeah. We kind of went into why we do it. Yeah. You and, know? and I think the thing that I really want to talk about is how are we screwing this up? Well, that, and that's the ultimate thing is because you and I have talked about this and that, yeah, we do it. And yeah, we agree that human beings always did it. So why is it going so oddly at this point? And and oddly, I suppose, is, is a matter of perspective. Right, sure. But I think that because we are so driven to change our natural bodies, unlike any other animal on the face of the planet, because we ritualize 
our lives. There's, even if we don't think about it, a ritual is a thing that you do with the prescribed steps. Um, so things like food preparation, that's something that there are many people, especially in the United States today, at the beginning of their week, they prepare all the food for the rest of their week. Like that process is in fact a ritual. Mm -hmm. So why are we not taking something as important as changing your body permanently or temporarily? And why are we not ritualizing that and making it important to us? Because it is important. It's extre- Wow, it's extremely important. It's, we wouldn't be driven to do it if it mm-hmm. wasn't important, number one. And I think we are in contemporary culture because we have no cultural context for it. There are Aboriginal people across the face of the planet who have their recent cultural memories, even if it's not as much information as about the tradition and it's not as strong of a tradition as they would like it to be. Um, Indo-European folk who were the first to be colonized by the Romans many, many, many thousands thousands of years years ago um, were some of the first people to lose our cultural traditions to Christianity. Right. And again, like we said before, it's not just Christianity because there are other forces in the works that have come through... And kind of, I, I'm thinking in terms modernization. of agriculture. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say like monocropped the whole technology, thing. Technology, like, modernization, industrialization, all of that has kind of right. screwed up our cultural heritage. Uh, no matter where you're from, no matter who you are, it interferes right. um, with natural process, yeah. we'll say. And, and it's not bad, because I like my iPhone. Oh, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> and that's the other thing, too, is it's not just... I don't think people understand it is that it's not just like, hey, um, we're the Clovis people and we developed the spear point and then this other group comes along and they don't have our spear point. Like we as a society don't think about that very often. If we do, it's rare. It's small pockets. But and forgive my language, that fucked things up on a level that most people will not understand. Just the changing of that point. You know, the moment, if you if you don't understand what this stuff is, the moment that you put a bleeder valve in a flint weapon, you've changed the equation. Completely changed it. And people don't really understand that, how powerful that change is. Mm-hmm. But the tribe that has it is now advancing faster than the tribe that doesn't. And there are going to be pro and con arguments about this. And it's going to change a narrative about maybe they sat down around next to a river they pulled up, you look for this stone, and they have a little song about it, because ancient people would have done this. And maybe they're whacking away with the stone, and they have a chant. And now they have to change, because they have to make this center cut. Now, it doesn't seem like much, but that's a huge hurdle. And it takes the rest of society catching up with this before it becomes smoothed out again. It's like adding clay to a pinch pot on a wheel. You know, it looks like a bump, and it's not quite right. And it takes a while to smooth things out, Get it the way you want to. And then we have the Industrial Revolution, which is like a giant kink in the friggin' hose. <laughs> I feel like sometimes now more than not, we are at the garage cleanup of the modern world. Where we're now all in our early 20s and the hangover is subsiding and we're looking around and going, everything's a disaster. My electric cords are in knots. I don't know where to start. 
And you realize at that point, like, wait a minute, we used to have a ritual for how we did everything, and that was much more organized, and that helped explain things. Oh, wow, we lost all of them. Like, and that's, to me, one of the most, it's not just, tattooing is like the canary in the coal mine right now for me. Like, it shows people, this is one of your oldest traditions. Again, it's just showing people, this is how far off the mark you are right Right. now. This is the check measurement for what's going on. And you can apply it to your food, and you can apply it to your living, you can apply it to everything. And Mm -hmm. how do you now look at all of that and go, we need an organized system to get back to this? Maybe the fact that we all gravitate towards body modification allows for an opening that we can go, hey, what if we restructure this? And you've talked about it, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, I definitely think one of the issues, body modification in general, and obviously this is just my opinion, is that people don't understand the importance of it. Like, people don't understand that it's not just decorating your body. No. It is changing your body. It is changing your soul. It is changing your brain. It is changing your physical being. And not just the surface, not just the decorative part. That's the kind of icing on the cake, as it were. But by modifying your body, whether it's scarification or tattooing or piercing, you are um, hardening your immune system. So you're, you're strengthening your body because you're introducing foreign substances to it and giving your immune system an opportunity to get to work on something that's not super dangerous um, like a virus um, you're changing the electricity how it in your brain how it communicates you're messing with the synapses and how they recall other experiences that are similar you're leaving marks in your DNA for your descendants. That, and that, <clears throat> I, I have to jump in there, mm. that right there, if everything else is irrelevant, that one should be a screaming, glaring example of everything else. Like that one moment where like, yeah, getting a tattoo changes your de- genetic profile and will pass on information to your offspring. Yeah, and I mean, and if if I was going to teach a class for health for people and history, if these two things were combined, I'm like, what did I just say? Because mm-hmm. if that's true, that's what an hour, two hours, three hours of your life might be fifteen minutes. It doesn't matter. You just changed your health. You changed your genetic profile. You changed your perception of the friggin' world. You're now a different being. You have a mark on you. Your body is different. Yep. Holy yep. shit! Like. It's an incredibly transformational experience, whether you recognize it or not. Right. And that's, as a tattoo artist and as a piercer in the, in the 90s, that was always a really important thing to whether the person that you're working with, whether your client is recognizes the transformational nature of the experience, whether they care about the transformational, transformational nature of the experience, you as the practitioner must at least honor that transformation in some way, shape or form, whether it's in your interaction with them or it's in your care in the application of what you're doing or whether it's like, for me, I take all of my stencils at the end of the week and I burn them as an offering 
to my gods Mm -hmm. who support my work as an artist and a creator. Like, whatever it is, I think it's important as the person responsible for the marks that you honor that process. And I don't think very many people do in our industry, which I think is unfortunate because... But human beings don't... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I feel like expand that a little bit more that we don't do it with anything and yet we do it. We have these moments, I, I really do feel like this is true, where we'll, more now than ever, we watch TV and we see a food network. Oh my God, look at the different things they can do with food. And we get, I personally get very excited about that. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a chef geek. I like watching that stuff because I'm a bipedal, you know, monkey and I like to eat. And I like when people are interested in, it's not just a microwave dinner. It, you realize that there's so much of your life is eating. Why wouldn't you take more time with that? Why don't you be more interested in that? But we've been sold these ideas that you just do this and it's better. And we're bothered right now. I think we're bothered as a group because you know what? You're sad. Take a pill. It doesn't work. It doesn't fix it. Well, no, but if you take more pills, no, they just don't work eventually. They cause other flaws. As humans, we're looking around right now and going, I don't think this is how this is supposed to be done. Technology is not fixing the problems. And you really know how abstract it is. Recently, I'm not going to pick on any one particular thing, but people are growing food in labs and going, this is how we're going to fix the planet. You've missed every lesson that nature ever taught Mm -hmm. because you're so into this you know, I live in a box, I work in a box, I make money, I go to a box where I work out so I can keep this body healthy like I go in the woods, but I don't. And then I could have like this thing that's food and that should take, take care of me. And I'm not happy. No shit. Mm-hmm. Like nobody is. When you and I went to, you know, see Wardruna in October mm-hmm. and I'm going to tear up a little bit of this when they were talking about singing someone across the veil. So, so the tradition in certain, you know, in certain countries, in certain places, everywhere, somehow they had a tradition that involved with death and the passage from life to death. In this modern society, we have the most fucking unhealthy concept of it. And yet all of us know in the back of our minds, isn't there supposed to be a thing? Mm-hmm. Aren't we supposed to have comfort? And we do it. We we set up, you know, we'll do a funeral, we'll do a wake, and we'll send flowers, and we'll have some food, and then we'll laugh and get drunk. That fixes everything, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, not even a little. Mm-hmm. Well, just like we've talked about transitioning to adulthood or through different parts of life when getting modified, it's true of every part of our life. So I personally see, especially with the work you've been doing recently with, with herbs and plants as tattoos and healing, like... People are finding their food. They're finding their nature. They're fi- and they're looking for it now. Yeah. So now's the time where we need to have the conversation. How do we take the next step and make this important? You're not just collecting a tattoo. You're collecting... Right. I think it's, I think it's really... It's funny in the way that things kind of progress and grow. So when you and I got into body modification in the 90s... It was also about the time that piercing was starting to become big, the modern primitive movement, scarification was here and there, and tattoos started becoming art, not flash on a wall. 
Right. So everybody starts talking about how, you know, you have to be an artist to be a tattoo tattooer. Yeah, I won't bring um, up names, but they're definitely back in the early 90s going, oh, you can do that as a tattoo. You can, yes. You can make art with ink in skin, um, which was not what people had, you know, the no. idea of before that time period. Um, and now you have people referring to themselves as canvases, like inanimate objects. Yeah, and like, I appreciate that the whole, the introduction of art as part of tattooing is a huge leap, huge leap in modern tattooing, just in terms of how people think about it and how uh, common it's become because people see it as art and not as something a degenerate does or something that mm-hmm. is embarrassing or, um, you know, something you got in prison or, you know, something mm-hmm. of that nature. So I appreciate <clears throat> that a group of people took it in the direction of, I don't even care what you put on me just i'm collecting your art so make me look like art there you go like i get it choice over your own body but i also think that it does the person wearing the art a disservice like they do themselves a disservice by not marking themselves with things that mean something to them they're making themselves a commodity Mm-hmm. And that, I think, devalues them as a human being and an yes. individual. They're saying, I am not important enough to make a decision about my body. I will let you decide. Which, going back to traditional tattooing, is how it is done. But it with a completely different idea and, and background. So right. traditional tattooing, you don't get to choose your tattoo. But your tattoo is all about who you are. Right, and it is centered around you, and the village recognizes it, and people participate in the ritual. It is, you are expected to show up ready for this transformation. You are expected to show up for this like you've been training for the Boston Marathon for five years, and this is the only time you're going to get to run it, and if you don't make it, they're going to cut your fucking legs off. <laughs> that's how it is, and that's not how people treat it. Right. It's I see it, okay, here's an abstract example. I can see it in uh, wedding culture in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, wedding culture when I was a child was a wedding. Yes, it was about the girl's special day. But you were all expected to meet a servant expectation in regards to entertainment, tradition, rehearsal. It was a community gathering. It was a community gathering. The groom was important. The groom had jobs. The bride had jobs. The groomsman had jobs. The maid of honor had jobs. Everybody has a job. And to this day, it's still kind of true. But now we have Bridezilla and fucking like shows about my big fat, you know. Greek wedding. Yeah, I was going to say like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And... The guy, depend. I mean, I'm just saying if it's a, if it's a traditional wedding, whatever that means, uh, the guy is an accessory. He's not part of the tradition. Look, shut up, go get married. Whatever she wants, she's gonna be an intolerable crazy person because this wedding's gonna cost I don't know seventy thousand dollars, and your marriage is only gonna last six months because this is filling in the gap for the fact that your relationship is dog shit. You don't have a good fucking ritual, and no one likes your spouse. Like, we don't need that. We need to get back to, wait a minute, marriage is a celebration of people coming together. And I don't really give a shit who it is. You know, whatever type of marriage, including polyamorous, I don't fucking care. It's supposed to be a, 
This is a special day. We're going to do a ritual. We're going to recognize some sort of change. This is very fucking important. And we human beings, and I'm picking on myself too, go out in the day and go, yeah, this is a thing. we got to show up for this fucking thing. Like, here's a thing. Right. It's no. become like a... It's most, a task. Yeah, it's, it's a like chore. You have to, you have to do it because you're, you're expected to do it. You know, if you're getting, and my opinion has always been, you're getting married, this better be the right one. Not, this better be the right one because if it doesn't work out, you're going to have to do this again. No. This better be the right one, meaning you thought this through, meaning you've dedicated yourself to this process, meaning you and your partner agree on what you need to agree on to do this, and you're going to devote your work to this adventure. This is, you're investing in this, you know? (laughs) I don't think you're going to be here tomorrow morning, ever. I want you to be here tomorrow morning always so i interact with you in such a manner that you can walk out the door anytime you want or vice versa i don't have an expectation because that's not it's not i got a relationship cruise control now i just do it i got a tattoo now i'm just gonna pick other tattoos. i'll just stick these fucking things on me right and, and that's, that's what it's become and, and that's it's so one sad. of the things that i think is really unfortunate because it is so common and so popular and you ha- only have to be 18 to get tattooed mm-hmm. which is a fine age, but mm-hmm. when you're 18, you're not necessarily making long-term decisions well in, of any kind. And, you know, that it, across many, many... I know I certainly wasn't. No, I fucking wasn't. <laughs> if I got all the tattoos I was wanted to get when I was 18, holy shit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, yeah. it would be a bad day. It would be bad. I would be covered in very, very heavy black tribal. Right. Or tiny, tiny, tiny lines. Very tiny lines. You'd be covered in very, very tiny. And that's just it, right? Like, you don't want to... You only have... I, I tell people this sometimes. You've heard me say it. They come in and I go, I want to get this in my left arm. And I, I almost want to say, you only have one left arm. Mm-hmm. And be lucky that you have one. Right. But don't just stick something on it. Right. And that's something, you know, I always struggle with as a tattoo artist. It's when people want to place something in a place that is not ideal in my opinion from a a whole body perspective um and it's not my body so it's not my call it's not your call um and i do my best to give pros and cons to all of it but i also go oh i know in like five years when you decide you really do want to sleeve that that tattoo is going to bother you because you're going to have to incorporate it or cover it. I've just, I literally just had, in the last month, I've had two individuals both contact me. One got a tattoo on their wrist, and I said, I don't know if you should do that. I don't think that... No, 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 I really want it there. Two weeks later, uh, can we cover this? Why did we do it? Now, I got another person who had me do this huge tattoo on their leg. They didn't like it. I did exactly what they asked. You know, a month later, we're extending it because they think that'll look better. I extended it. They loved it when they left. Two weeks later, they're now having second thoughts. The thing is, is that they told me before they did this tattoo that what it represents was just part of their life. They don't really take it very seriously. It's not really them, but they're dedicating part of their body to it so they have it. And I was like, that maybe is not the best idea. Yeah, I would put it somewhere where you can't see it because you're going to be bothered by this all the time. What did they do? They didn't listen. They put it right where they can see it. So we've changed it twice now. And, and now we want to cover the whole thing. And, and it's gigantic. It's not coverable. 
Yeah. You know, the, you should have, it doesn't matter. Like I know people are like, well, what's the ritual? Like, look, we're at the, we're at the youth stages of this ourselves. <laughs> the whole world is. If somebody's out there and like, no, I do traditional hand poke tattooing in a ritual setting. I'm like, so what country did you come from? Cause mm-hmm. it isn't the United States. Like, we don't have that here. We've reemerged this. In my lifetime, I've watched it happen. Mm -hmm. So when somebody says, you know, I've been doing hand poke tattoos professionally for 40 years, you're full of shit. That didn't exist. That being said, just because someone does it doesn't mean we know everything. And it doesn't mean the ritual's the same for every person. Right. But if people are going to do this, instead of getting, I'm going to get a, you know, a sticker tattoo today and I'll get a sticker tattoo tomorrow, wait. Wait, invest time and emotion in it. Get people in your circle who are invested in this. You know, think of it. Talk to your tattoo artist. We're open to having a discussion about it. Right, right. Well, and I think people don't. They make very, like, last-minute, spur-of-the-moment decisions because... And this is and this is where it's like we're not using this tool well enough. Like, no. this is part of our heritage, no matter where you're from, has rituals of pain, however far back you go. Um, people get tattooed repeatedly. I think I mean, this is my opinion. Right. But I get people in all the time. Like I need my my needle therapy, my tattoo therapy, my pain therapy. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. But you're not using that to the best of its ability. Right. You're not using the experience and and really absorbing the experience. It's you're riding on the adrenaline serotonin response and then you're not assimilating the information afterwards right like and that's the the assimilation is the important part it's like going on a um entheogenic experience with something like mushrooms or dmt or whatever you read my mind um like if there's no assimilation at the end of the experience where you sit down and you think about what happened, how you felt, what you experienced, all of the things that are the biggest part of the experience, the reason why you're going through it, then like why bother go through the experience at all? Right. I... So if you're if you're going through an experience as as pain therapy, which means that you you feel lacking in some way and you go through this experience and you come out on the other side feeling better for a short period of time. If you don't really assimilate the information that you learned by going through the experience, then you need it again sooner. Right. Uh, you, you brought it up, but like in the 90s, there was, you know, rave culture. I've been to a, quite a few raves. And in rave culture, the objective is take drugs, dance, whatever. There were people there who were doing, you know, marathon dancing. These are people who, they weren't on drugs, well hydrated, trying to continually dance for periods exceeding 24 hours. Like, Mm -hmm. insane stuff. Like, people like, oh yeah, I could dance a lot. I'm like, can you dance continuously for hours and hours and hours? Because that... Is meditative, it's a rite of passage, it's oh, painful. Yeah. You know, you'd get these people who, weekend warriors, like go out and take a lot of drugs and do a lot of stupid shit and they get nowhere. Yep. Monday morning, they're back at the office going, I don't feel fulfilled, I gotta go back and do it on now Friday. Depressed. Or I, I run into people now, like, I just wanna take so many mushrooms that I forget who I am. 
well, I don't think you should take mushrooms at all. Well, why not? Well, because that's not the point. Right. This is, it's medicine. Like, if you need vitamin C, you're not going to go eat every orange in the orchard. That's not going to fix your fucking problems. Like, you're going to get diabetes, you're not going to fix your vitamin C. You, well, you will, but not in a way that's useful. <laughs> Human beings do everything to death. Like, if we discover that something feels good, we will do it until it kills us. And we don't have an animal that stops us from doing these things. Mm. At the same time, we've seen over the last hundred plus years that human beings can remove themselves from every single experience. We can insulate ourselves from pain oh, yeah. and discomfort it, to the point where most of our food systems and communication systems look like some sort of weird Rue Goldberg device. Mm-hmm. You know, a bowling ball has to drop 20 different feet in intervals and hit nine other things just for us to accomplish a basic everyday experience and we're so backwards right now that people pay to go to a gym and work out and then pay to go on vacation to the country because the idea of owning a farm seems like work i've actually had people tell it that you've you've been present because we're both into this idea and have been for years and they're like oh it's no it's a lot of work i'm like your life is a lot of work i've watched you live life Mm -hmm. and i'm tired watching you do it you know if you do everything in the right component, as my grandmother said, you know, in the right quantity and you don't overdo it and you know what it's supposed to do, then it works. If you have a tattoo experience and you force yourself into a situation where like normally I sit for 10, 15 minutes, I'm going to force myself to sit for three hours. I'm going to submit mm-hmm. to this process to help it make me better. Yeah. You as an individual are going to make gains far beyond what most people are going to do and you're going to know yourself that's huge right and i think that's one of the things that we miss even if you're not talking about ritual in like uh like let's sing and dance and right that like a big event sort situation but even just the small things like being able you know we have clients that come in and are like like, I've never sat this long before. We're going to see what happens. Like, mm-hmm. and they sit really well. And then they feel really good about it when they're done. And they're like, I didn't think I was going to sit that good. Like, I did a really good job with that. Mm-hmm. That is processing information. Yes. That is making you a better human being. It's better at managing yourself. It's better at managing your pain. It's better at managing your physical body, your emotional body, your spiritual body. And we don't do that enough. No. So even if you're not making it a big deal, just having that conversation changes from a like kind of mundane, kind of nothing experience to a something that's special, right. something that is useful tool for you, something that is important in your life, something that you now have a marker that reminds you, like, hey, I'm kind of badass. Right. Like, when I got my first tattoo, which you did, you know, I, I, I tell this story oh, Jesus, all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> we, it was before tattooing was legal in Massachusetts. We were working in Connecticut. And we were working at a biker shop in Connecticut, piercing, and Jay was doing an apprenticeship tattooing. Now, most of the people we worked with were probably self-taught i would say yeah i i would say um so i had graduated from college and 
decided to mark the backs of my knees with a symbol that came up in my studies quite a bit, um, which marked adulthood for women in Samoa. And um, the back of the knees is pretty thin skin and was probably not the best place to get my first tattoo for pain, but also because Jay really didn't have any experience no, tattooing. <laughs> so they handed him a machine, didn't tell him how to do anything with it. And they looked at me and said, you're going to cry and you're going to fuck this up. Yeah. So and that was fantastic. You, right. Those of you who aren't familiar, <laughs> this is how it used to be done. So hazing was integral to tattooing almost all up until recently. That really has been part of it. Yeah. And people would try to make you fail without giving you the right information just to see if you'd give up. Right. Which in some ways is helpful and in some ways is, is very unhelpful. Yeah. Um, I think... It's that balance thing. You know, finding that fine line before, you know, giving all the information away and supporting someone through learning information without giving it all away. Mm -hmm. Those are different things. Um, so we had three giant bikers standing over us while Jay tattooed me. And the minute Backs they were like... fucking knees. Oh my God. You're going to cry. I was like, I'm not going to fucking move, motherfuckers. Right, so, and for those of you who listen to this, tattooing the backs of the knees is very difficult to do. Mm -hmm. Extreme difficulty <laughs> is not something you should be doing for a first tattoo. No, no, definitely not. Um, so needless to say, I did not move for yeah, that experience. You didn't. Though it was incredibly painful, but I proved something to myself. And I have very big pieces on the backs of my legs to cover up the damage. You have enormous pieces on the backs of your legs. <laughs> well, and if people understood, like, it's all balance, right? So you, you want you want to make people work at it a bit, but you want them to have the right information. You want people to... I want my clients to push themselves. I want my mm -hmm. clients to come in and go, the longest I have ever sat is three hours. And today I'm going to try to sit for four hours. I'm going to try to sit for three hours on a spot that's really tough. Yeah. I am doing this. I am going to go to this appointment today, not like it's an everyday thing, because it is special. I'm going to dress right. I'm going to go out and get myself clothing that can be inked, but is also comfortable. And I'm going to make that my ritual tattoo clothing. A lot of people have their, this is the shirt I get tattooed. Right, which in. is such a good idea. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be anything special. Right. Just comfortable. Like, don't make your life more complicated comfortable, than it Comfortable, but it's it's be. almost like a uniform. Right, this is exactly. My... Gets you into your brain, your brain into the right mindset yep. for it. It's, you know, you bring your, your sweatpants and your t-shirt that's covered in ink you change into it and now you're ready. That's it. And that's, that's ritual too. Like that's your uniform. Mm -hmm. Like people may look at that and go, yeah, it looks <clears throat> sloppy. No, I don't see sloppy. I see there's colors on the sleeve that'll never come out from many sessions. This person earned this through pain and determination. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I also tell people there's this common misconception that I get of people like you must love hurting people. I hate it. Mm. I don't like hurting people. If you find a tattoo artist that enjoys hurting people, go see someone else. Because they're focused on whatever stimulus, probably sexual, they're receiving from causing pain. That means they're not focused on your design. Right. And they're not focused on you oh, and yeah, your that's energy. And that's it. the other thing. You know, outside of the art itself, like, 
your artist should be focused on you. The whole ego thing and the the fame with tattoo artists acting like rock stars and all oh that my, crazy so shit. That shit. Like, it's not about the tattoo artist. Yes, you choose a tattoo artist because you like their style, their art, their what they stand for, the things that they create, the way that their brain works. These are all very important things. However, you are choosing them to decorate your body because it jives with your own style and your own vision. It's a give and, your and take. Own, and it's not about them entirely. No, it is not. It is always important to give your artist as much free reign with your design as possible because you will get a better product in the end. Your design will be better if you give them the ability to create the most perfect piece of art for you, given whatever parameters you have. Right. I think a lot of people now confuse tattoo artists with the computer. And what I'm going to say next is probably going to rub some people the wrong way, but I mean it in the best way is that when you come in to get a tattoo from me, it's important for you to know that I am not, nor do I think you are, a whore. Because I'm not, I don't want you here just so I can do whatever I want. Right. And I'm not here to do whatever you want. Like, you, know, you don't date someone and then tell them how to fuck you. Sorry, that's crude, but it's how it works. It's a relationship. It's a give and take. Um, if you're just telling an artist how to do everything... You're, you're, you know, call it whatever you want to call it. You're invalidating your invalidating their experience. Art. It's like, well, I want you to do my tattoo, but you don't do this type of tattoo, but I want you to do it. And it's like, you're confused. No. It has to be give and take. It shouldn't all be the artist, unless for some reason you're really enamored with their art. It's supposed to be balance. Right. Well, I tell- also, it's not, it's not helpful to come to an artist and say, do whatever you want, because I'll do a rubber ducky on you. Right, exactly. You know, like, like, give me something to work with. I want a botanical piece. I really like these flowers. I don't really care how you put it together. I want a Norse piece. I really want to have, you know, something to do with Odin and something to do with Jormungandr. Right. Like, you got to start somewhere. Not, like, yeah. it's. it also doesn't honor the artist who is creating a commissioned piece for you. By just saying, like, I don't care how you decorate my body, because that doesn't, that doesn't honor you right. and your beliefs. So how can, how can the ar- oh, artist right. create something? I that... had, you remember that, I had, I've had a few, I've had a couple dozen at this point, spiritual consults, like I talked about, you know, four months ago. And I've had people that'll come in, and they must have done so much work. They have pages of stuff they want to tell me about and i'm like is this part of the consult and like no this is the backstory I'm like holy shit like yeah i want a backstory give me the whole yeah, thing yeah, like, absolutely like you walk me through this <clears throat> if i'm setting this if this is really a spiritual consult and you just didn't come up with anything which i've also had that then yeah i want to sit with you for at least an hour we may have to have two or three consults right. maybe we'll just go grab dinner and i'll listen to you talk because that's the only way i'm going to understand you right versus like this idea where you think that I'm going to tell you what you want to hear, and I've had one of these consults, where for 35 minutes I didn't get an answer. It was just like, well, I kind of like that. I don't know. I don't like it anymore. I kind of like it. Like, look, you don't know yourself. You've done no work. There's nothing I can do for you. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I feel like a parent showing you things. You're four years old going, do you want this treat? No. How about this one? No, you don't like the color? How about this one? Like, that's a waste of my fucking time. But... 
if you've got somebody who's like, okay, you're not, I'm not going to ask you to do this style because you don't do it. I'm not going to ask you to do these things because you don't do that. You do these things. I looked at your work. I understand it. I have those needs. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what I know. This is where I'm at. This is what I want to talk to you about. I'm going to do a tattoo for this reason. To overcome this. To mark this moment in life. I wanted to have these components to it. You know? I want to hear that. Yeah. I don't want... I want to hear people come up to me and go, I need to get a tattoo for the god Thor. So we're doing it on Thursday. Well, at least that's a start. Yeah. That's better than like, I don't know. I like Odin. I want to go to Valhalla. That way you've done no work. Yeah. And... People think about it like, oh, I didn't want you to be upset with me. I'm not upset with you. Mm. I want you to get the most out of this because I've done this. Because my wife has researched it and explained why it's so important. Mm -hmm. And it gave depth and joy to my life. I want you to get that thing. Right. And that's that's the thing that I think people are missing out on. And that is one of the reasons we started this podcast. We can kind of talk about these kinds of things because what are you missing out on by not honoring the sacredness of this transformation you're you're missing out on a lot of things Mm -hmm. you're missing out on um being understanding how to consciously control your body right like understanding that you have control over how you you respond to external stimuli. You're missing out on the subconscious change that can occur. You have a mark to remind you of the experience forever. So what does that mark remind you of? The experience itself, but like, what is that mark? What is that mark helping you with? What is that mark doing for you? I mean, it could look cool. It's probably only going to look cool for mm, a good chunk of time. And then eventually it's probably going to look old and faded and wrinkly. And when you're 80, is it still going to bring back into your mind that experience? Right. Of course, that's the, you know, we're not saying it's not going to look good at 80. We're saying this is a marker in time. Right. Is this going to conjure positive memories? It makes me think of our friend Joe, uh, who owns a tattoo studio out in Portland, Oregon. Very successful human being. Went from, you know, a little over 10 years ago, didn't own a studio. To within, I think, like three years after leaving the studio we were at, having a successful studio. And now he has his guest visiting schedule is the who's who of tattooing yeah like when other people like i have somebody coming in to do a guest spot and it's just some jackass this guy's got you know rich ren yogi berry he's got people coming in who are the top of the fucking field because he understands the value of all these things and he is investing in it he gets it you know but when he was tattooing with us years ago he did a tattoo on someone and it was a stellar tattoo i mean my god was it good and everybody who looked at this tattoo loved it, except for the guy who was wearing it. And I'm pointing this out just to get people to understand the depth that you need to do your work. This guy and my friend Joe were oil and water. 
although it wasn't really Joe's fault that they were early in water. He was trying to be friendly and joking with the guy. He's lighthearted. He has a great sense of humor, as we all know. And he said something that apparently threw this guy off. We don't really know why it bothered him so much. It was a joke. He was being funny. And this guy was bothered by it. He kept the tattoo for about two years and then had it lasered off, which blows my damn mind. But again, just because it looks good, all right, just because it's what he wanted, it's exactly what he asked for. It wasn't right because of the experience Mm -hmm. and the reminder. So just because you get what you want, is that all what you want? When you get to 60, 70 years old, if you've got someone that you can remember back a few years who was maybe a close friend or something and you can't fucking stand them, what do you think it's going to be like in 10, 20, 30 years when you have a tattoo for the 9 millionth time you have to explain to someone, yeah, um, I liked that team. I didn't know that guy was doing that thing and now I deeply regret that. And it's like, right, or, a lot of thought has to go into this. Yeah, and, that, and I think that's... The thing is not even, you know, talking about imagery, but talking about intention. Like, why, why do you want a thing? Mm. Why that particular design? I find that being happy with your end result often starts with being 100% sure what you want, why you want it. Mm -hmm. I talk people out of tattoos all the time. Yeah. I had two young girls in the other day who were visiting our fair city and they had been talking about getting tattooed for a while, but they had no idea what they wanted. So they came in, looked at my flashbooks. I have three flashbooks that are full of designs. Lots of all Salem-y, witchy, sacred designs, pattern work, all sorts of things. Great references. And this girl had a Pinterest board with a handful of very random pieces of art that had no no thing aesthetically or ideologically in common. She was like, here, pick something. And I was like, these don't mean anything to me. Like, I don't even understand why you've chosen these. What do you want out of this experience? Like, you both want to get tattooed in Salem because it's Salem. What do you need out of that? Right. And they didn't have an answer. And I was like, well, our Taurus tattoos are in this book. I've got magic charms in this book. I can create a bind rune for you. I can create a spell tattoo or charm tattoo for you we can do a witch silhouette any of these things striking a chord and they were like no and i was like then don't get tattooed right like i'm i I don't want to take your money and have you go oh remember that trip to salem i wish i got something else oh yeah (laughs) you know there's there's so (laughs) like what what about being in salem is special or how about the fact that you know, and I'm, I'm going to, we're both spiritual people. We're both deeply spiritual people. We're both heathens. Um, if you have to give it a name. But, like, the people come in and they want a magical tattoo. Those of you who can't see me, I'm doing air quotes. That'll fix whatever's going on. Right. And it's like, you didn't do anything to fix it. 
this isn't going to fix right, it. Right, well, which is the other thing, and this is how magic works. Magic is tricking your brain into doing something subconsciously so that other things in your life change. I mean, that's a really basic kind of that's, explanation. That's a, ver- that's a definition. Like, what, yes. yes, there are other, other things. There but other that's things. like a very basic sure. kind of way. You make a sigil, you burn the sigil, now you don't remember the sigil, and it acts in your subconscious to fix right. whatever. So that's very standard kind of practice. Yeah. But you actually have to do some work for that to work. Right. Like, you have to at least prepare yourself. You have to do this research. You have to create the sigil. The process of creating the sigil is part of why it works, you know? And if you walk into a place and go, I want a magic tattoo that fixes all my problems, then that yeah. you're, you're not going to get fixed. I think there's this... And I, I think it's difficult because people have an idea of magic. And they have this idea that if they just do a thing, it fixes everything. It's the same people who go, I proved that magic isn't real because we put together a, you know, a special emblem and incense and ritual to conjure a pizza and it didn't work. Mm. And I often think, for those of you who don't know, uh, there's an individual who taught me most of my occult knowledge, uh, this individual named Tannen, and they own uh, a store called Bones and Flowers. It's been a part of Worcester's, uh, <laughs> it's been a part of Worcester since at least the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. And one day we had somebody come into the shop while Tannen and I were talking And they said they wanted to deal with an, I think it was an ex-boyfriend or something. And uh, so Tannen reaches down into the case and pulls out this huge athame. For those of you who don't know, it's a double-edged blade. It's used for ritual purposes. And this thing's aggressive as hell looking. I mean, it's much more impressive than most, like, traditional New Age athames are small, relatively straightforward blades. This was like a seven-inch Rambo athame for conjuring spirits from, you know, God only knows... And uh, this person was like, so what do I do with this? And Tannen looked at them and said, you hold it by this end, and then you stick the other end in that person and they stop breathing, and that solves your problem. And this person was fucking horrified. They're like, that's murder. And Tannen's like, yeah, that's what you're asking, right? And they're like, yeah, but we want to do a spell. Tannen's like, well, maybe stop being such a coward and deal with your problems. Because apparently you don't need to spell, you need to adjust your perception, or you need to actually deal with an issue. If this person really deserves to die, go do it. If not, get a life. But you don't need a candle and a spell. You know, I've known more people that are so full of shit when it comes to the practice of magic that because they do some fucking tap dance or they went outside and burned incense and a storm came up that they're the all-powerful. I stick you in front of fucking the hurricane that hit Katrina and you'll die just like everyone else. You're a moron and you deserve whatever happens to you. We're not doing that. We are sitting down with a person who says... I want to change my life. So I have taken measures to change my life. Mm -hmm. I've changed how I do things. I've changed how I look at things. I'm working diligently. I need to make a mark in my flesh that is permanent to remind me of my direction on this path. And, And also to, you can take the work that you've done and instill that energy in your physical body with a mark. Yep. 
of whatever, or a piercing, or a scar. Branding. Haircut. Or a haircut. Whatever. And that's one of the things that people don't understand a lot of the time, is that you're, when you're changing your body, it's an amazing opportunity. There's so many things that you can instill in your flesh. If you're trying to change who you are, how you react to the world, how you interact with the world, what direction your life is going. I don't want to sit on the couch all the time. I want to go hike in the woods all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a computer programmer anymore. I want to make art. Or I don't want to make art anymore for other people. I want to be a computer program and just make art for myself. Sure. These are big things. Big changes, big decisions. You can take those ideas and mark your body with that story. And it will forever be a part of your story. And that's that's the thing with traditional tattooing. And I don't mean American traditional. I mean, like, anthropologically pre-industrial, pre-literate societies, traditional ways of marking the body. I, I very <clears throat> rarely have people ask, like, can I take the stencil with me? Can I, I had one individual and they, they saved all their stencil like material and they were putting it in shadow boxes in their house with their actual photos of their finished tattoo. And they showed this to me and I was like, that's insane. Mm -hmm. Like, and in the shadow box, they would put implements that related to the story of how they got their tattoo. In one of these, they got a parking ticket. The parking ticket, like there's a copy of this ticket in the shadow box. Because that was part of the, the story. story. And when they sit down with someone to tell them the story, they're telling, they don't have just have a reminder on their skin. They put a reminder on their wall of their house. Instead of going out and buy some shitty landscape painting by somebody that no one knows, you know, they had a choice. They could put actual art on the wall and it could be from some other artist or it could be from themselves. And they said, you know what? For this wall, for me, I want to document what I'm doing and I want to pay homage to it. Right. Perfect. Great. Yeah. That's great. Absolutely. Then instead of saying, I got 13 <laughs> tattoos, you can say, these are my experiences. Right. And that, I think, is the biggest thing is that oh, getting nice. tattooed is an experience. Make the most of that experience. Absolutely. Whether it's five minutes or five hours or five days until it's finished. The experience is a big part of the mark. Mm -hmm. The experience from deciding to do it, to having the conversation with the artist, to preparing yourself the day before and the day of, to the degree that... You know, making sure that you eat well mm -hmm. leading up to it, making sure you get a good night's sleep, making sure you eat well that morning, you have lots of water. Like, How these about are recovery all time. I had, you giving know, we, yourself time. We, I yeah. had one of my clients who's going to sit this spring. We're going to try to do this marathon session, and this individual uh, can sit, and we're going to try to sit three days in a row for close to 12 hours a day. Mm hmm. This person originally had scheduled this for closer and called me back and said, I can't do that because I didn't give myself enough time to heal. Meaning they're thinking enough about this going, I know this is like four months away. However, I know that the last time you tattooed me and you did like three quarters of my arm, it took me four days before I was comfortable enough to go out and do things. And there's all those people like, don't be a pussy. I'm like, no, no, no literally you're damaging enough of your body that you could end up in the ICU oh, if you're yeah, not careful. Absolutely. So this person's honoring this. 
They prep for it. They treat this very seriously. And they know that when they come up for this, this is what we are doing. So literally, when we they come up in March, they will be driving up to the shop every day with me. We will tattoo them for how many hours we can do it. And then they'll come home and I'll make sure they get food and they'll get dropped off at their hotel. And we're going to repeat this process. And this is a serious thing. There's not going to be one of those things that at a dinner conversation, they're going to, yeah, I got 13 little bangers over, you know, five years. No, I had my entire back covered in a three-day session that was a personal overcoming for me. I crushed my own boundaries for weakness. I proved something to myself and I have a story about it now. Mm -hmm. That's a tattoo. Right. Yeah. And that, I think, a lot of people do themselves a disservice by not recognizing well that's the saddest thing right yeah and it's important and and we'll talk a lot more about that kind of stuff we'll talk more about um the ways that you can go about oh there's so many making your experience more sacred and it again it doesn't have to be like ritual like ceremony it doesn't have to be singing and dancing and bringing 20 people although that's fun and that's something else we will talk about oh yeah absolutely like true ritual tattooing in a contemporary fashion that would be good you know i i think the last but not least you know just thinking about all these things when we started this off we talk about these changes that are happening in the world right now and people are looking for answers how does this work look we don't have all the answers no one has all the answers but we're at a great place in history Because we are waking up to this idea that these components are missing from life. Mm -hmm. I look around and I see people bringing back the essential components. They're fixing it. We don't have food, real food. We need to grow food. We need to experience nature. We need to understand nature. We need to live symbiotically with her. Our existence right now is not what we want. Well... Just because you're not finding it doesn't mean it's not there and it doesn't mean it won't get better. But in order for us as human beings to do these things, it has to be symbiotic. So the client bringing us the request has to be as, if not more, invested in every aspect of this process as we are. And then we can help with that next step. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that more because this is really it, it's an interesting time to be doing this. It is, and I it, it makes me really excited. And there's more and more people, too, thinking about tattooing and body modification in general in this way. There, There's many more tattoo artists and body piercers and scarification artists out there who are thinking outside of the modern primitive movement who have always kind of had that idea about things. And that's kind of what you and I started with was that base. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. But more more young people are starting to think about it that way. And it's very exciting to even get requests from people for sure. spiritual tattoos. Um, and it's very much our dream to make the majority of the tattoo work we do focused on having a ritual experience of some kind. Right. And it's, it's not, it. you know, it's not something where I think it's interesting... People right now are trying to figure out what's a valid experience. I can't tell you that. No one can, I don't think. And that is also kind of one of the awesome things is that um, we are starting from scratch. 
scratch mm-hmm. to a certain degree in modern culture. Now, obviously, we have meant tens of thousands of years of history with tattooing, and we're learning more from archaeological digs, from, you know, what ancient people did, but we'll never truly know. And there are some cultures that still have an active tradition that they're saving and preserving. Um, so they understand to some degree what their particular ancestors did in this art form um, and how the rituals were and what they meant and all that stuff. But as as people with no cultural connection to tattooing in a ritual setting, we can make it whatever we want. We can reinvent it. And that's the, that's the thing, right? It's like you look at these traditional groups and you go, I'm not stealing this. I'm respecting it. I'm going to honor it and watch it and understand it. And then I'm going to use that same focal glass, uh, put on my own spectacles and look through my own history and go, okay, so I don't know what my tradition was, but I know I should have one. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? Yep. And Absolutely. If you think that just applies to tattooing, oh boy, does oh, that apply no. to everything? Everything. Yeah. For sure. But so we'll talk more about that next cool. time in the up upcoming podcasts. But we just wanted to get the conversation going, and I think we covered a I lot think, of. I think we did. It was a lot of things that we talked oh, about today. So, um, we hope you enjoyed that, and we look forward to our next podcast, which hopefully will not take us too long to get out. There we go. All right. Tattoos have a power and magic all their own. They decorate the body, but they also enhance the soul. Michelle DeLeo, Tattoo, the Exotic Art of Skin Decoration.